0: Let's go. Welcome into the pod. It's Kato Sports. Back at you on a Monday, 6th of March. God, it's good to have footy back. It's back. The shows are back. Everyone's ready to just, you know, dive into a full winter where every weekend you can just Go to the footy with your boys, go to the footy with your miso, go out afterwards. You know, it's just a great time of year. I, I I love once the footy gets going. This period now in February and March is very, hmm, should I watch a movie? Or like, geez, is like, is there any horse racing on? Is 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 there a Peter at Hong Kong? Like it just it just You don't really know, you know, you don't really know what to do with your time. I found myself vacuuming the other day. It was just like, well, I wasn't vacuuming, the missile was vacuuming, but it's just like you don't really know what to do with your time. And just to know that footy's around the corner and we can all start doing our super coach leagues, we can do our drafts and we can do our mock ladders, it just feels right. I've done a mock ladder today, one to 18. I'm going to run you all through it. I've gotten rid of those stupid team reviews I was doing. That is way too, you know, random idiot super coach podcast. I don't want to do that. I just want to give you how it is straight, whether your team's going to be good, whether your team's going to suck in a podcast ready to go. So let's start at the bottom. Who's getting Harley Reid next year? The West Coast Eagles. Why are they getting Harley Reid? Why are they going to finish the bottom? Well, they don't have any good young players coming through. I mean, Jinby's all right, but he hasn't played a game of AFL yet. Oscar Oscar Allen's all right. He didn't play all of last season. Other than that, they all basically suck. They're, they just don't have any good young players and their old core are past it. They're all Veterans now, they're all kind of being beaten up by the the longevity of an AFL career. Guys like Gaff and Shui and Yo and Nick Nat, they can't stay out in the park. Hearn, they're just old, they're a bit slow. I've watched a couple of their preseason games. You know, the young guys turn it over. The old guys don't run hard on defense. It just kind of doesn't look like they're built to win in 2023. I just don't see them winning many games. And especially with how even I see the season right now, they're just not going to be able to win that many games. So I've got them finishing last. Second last, North. Now, I'm kind of bullish on North for a second last team in the competition. I think they got some good players. Like, geez, Sheezal is the next Stevie J. And I think that Wardlaw looks a lot like Clayton Oliver. Like, the ability for Wardlaw to hit a pack at speed. You know, I, my whole thing about playing midfield in the AFL is, one, you want to have a pretty big body but two, you want to hit the ball quickly. That's what good midfielders do. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, Oliver or Bontempelli or Dugowie. They, The ball comes down and they speed up. They move through the contest really quickly. So does Petrarca. I, I think some of the better inside mids, you know, whether it's Tom Mitchell or Wines, even though they're not bursting out the other side, they Speed up into it and they hit the ball hard and they get it and they get rid of it. Whereas I think guys like Oliver and I think Wardlaw will be this type of guy. Not only do they speed up into it and get the ball, but they can work their way out of it like Dangerfield and explode out of the contest. LDU as well. They explode out of the contest and they can burn you that way. So oh, I'm really excited about some of the guys that North have. The Stevie J comparison to Sheezel, he just looks confident around goals and a lot of players come into the AFL and you see them and, and you think they might be ready and you think they might have you know been good at a junior level and you go oh he's got the body in this but having that class and just being able to have that ability to move side to side find space in a forward line that's really tough we saw Rochelle come in last year for for Adelaide and he just kind of had that class about him ability to find space where others couldn't and then to finish Shezel has that so I think North have got some good young pillars. Simpkin will be a good captain. Their midfield will be good. Goldstein's getting a bit older, so I'll have to figure out what their next option is at the Ruck, but they'll be a good team going forward. But it'll take a year for Clarkson to get back in the swing of things, get the game plan going, have guys respond when they don't have great games. They've still got a lot of young guys on their list that need to work into a career, whether it's, you know, Phillips or whether it's, you know, some of the guys down back in Mackay and some of the guys down forward in Larkey, they really are going to work into it. They'll have good players. You know, guys will have good games. Zerhar will have a good game and Cunnington will have a good game. And, you know, Zebel's a good mentor around the club. So they'll have good players. I just don't see them winning too many games early on. It'll take a while for Clarkson to get the whole thing rolling. I've got Essendon finishing third last. Now, the reason I've got Essendon finishing third last is because they don't have any good players. They've got merit, and that is it. Paris looked good two years ago, didn't look great last year. Ridley looked good two years ago, didn't look great last year. You're going into a team into a season against teams that are firing. They're getting better. They're adding. Richmond have added two awesome midfielders. Port Adelaide have added Jason Horn Francis, the, the the you know consensus number one pick, and. They're building on guys on Rosie and Butters are all looking better. Melbourne went and got Grundy. Fremantle went and got Luke Jackson. Sydney's young core are getting better and better and better and better. You know, Geelong have gone and got half of the, the AFL to go and play for them. Henry and Bowers and, and, and all these guys. Brisbane went, they got Ashcroft, Barthek's son. They got Gunson, They got Dunkley. They got all these, they, they were active. Good teams get active. Essendon didn't do anything. And they don't have that many good players. So how are you meant to win games if you don't do anything in the trade period and free agency and you don't have any good players? The young players coming through, name one that's really popped and you've gone, wow, he's going to be an absolute gun in a year or two's time or is a gun now. N- no one. It just feels like it just feels like every year they roll the same kind of product out there with are similar guys and nothing happens. McGrath didn't get to the levels they wanted to. Nick Cox looked good two years ago. Not much this year. Archie Perkins looked okay. He needs to build as a player. What's their, what is their? What is their game plan? What is their style? What do they stand for? What's their integrity? They don't have any at the moment. So they're going to have to build on that. And it'll take time for Brad Scott to build that. So they're probably not going to win many games this year. So unfortunately, I've got Essendon finishing third last. It's going to be another depressing season for Essendon fans. I'm sorry. I've got GWS finishing fourth last. Slightly different situation. They've lost a couple of really good midfielders to free agency. They've gone over to play for Richmond. They've gone back to Melbourne. They've got some young stars. They've got some old stars. They're they're middle-level players need to be better. They need to have Harry Himmelberg look really good last year. He needs to have another really good year. Isaac Cumming look really good last year. He needs to have another good year. Toby Green, Cornelio, Kelly, we know these guys are going to be good. We know they're going to have a good season. We know Taylor had a good season last year. Can their young guys build in and have you know really strong impacts like Finn Callahan, like Cadman? These are the types of guys that are going to have to have big 2023s for GWS to win some games I don't think they're going to win many, years. It's, it, win many games It's Kingsley's first season They might be competitive But whether they're going to come out here And light the world on fire I, I don't think so just yet I think Tom Green needs to go to the next level Last year started the, started the season like, with a ha- like a house on fire He was awesome But kind of like Carlton's whole season last year Competitive bull Really went hard early Fell away at the end of the year So I mean if Carlton does that again, we just, pff, we may as well all just book flight. Carlton supporters may as well book flights to Mexico. I hear say well, is pretty nice. Get yourself a little place on the beach and just stay there because pff, we don't want Carlton. To, if Carlton can't finish in the eight. Anyway, we'll get to Carlton. GWS, Tom Green needs to have a complete season. Not just a, okay, I had a really good 2023 20, rounds, you know, five, six, and seven. It's can you have a really good. 18, 19, 20, 21, and have, you know, a solid kind of piece of work where everyone can go, wow, he really is the next best thing because they need it from him because they went they, they lost Hopper, they lost Taranto, they lost that future of their midfield. So he needs to really step up. In fifth, last, I've got Hawthorne. They've got the youngest list in the, in the league. They've lost a lot of age. I don't know if they've lost a lot of talent, they lost a lot of age. Age doesn't mean anything. They move the ball fast. They've got some really good young, talented young guys. It's going to suck not having uh, Mitch Lewis in the team. He is a marquee mid uh, forward in the competition. You can put money on that when he comes back in. He's going to kick a lot of goals. They're going to look a lot better. There's going to be teething, but I think Newcomb is an absolute star. Day is coming through in the midfield. They've got a lot of good ancillary pieces like Amon and CJ. And Jarman, Impey, Chad Wingard, Lou Bruce. So it's not like they don't have talent. They re- they really do. They've got James Sicily, n- number one rated and uh, defender of AFL player ratings last year. So they've got good players in their team. And Hawthorne generally are a competitive unit. They don't go out and just get smashed every week like some of these other sorry clubs. So I think they will win some games. Last year they beat Geelong, Port. They, l- they beat Brisbane. So Hawthorne will be again competitive. Obviously, you lose a lot of games and experience. You're gonna you're gonna fall away a little bit, and they've got a lot of growing to do. So I've got them fit fast. I kind of got them in the same category as the Saints, GWS and Essendon. That's kind of the range that they're in. But I'm a bit more bullish about you know GWS and Hawthorne. I've got the Saints finishing above Hawthorne, but I'm not very bullish on them. Again, they've got some good players, but they haven't really brought in any great youth over the last two years. I think in the last two years, the only players they brought in is Wien, Hager and Owens. As young draft picks So it's not like they're building And the last two or three years We've been saying Yeah, the Saints are going to make it the top eight The Saints are going to burst onto the scene And every year it gets to kind of round 18, 19 And they're hanging around ninth And they fall away So what what's going to change in 2023 That's going to make the, everyone go Oh wow, these guys are really going to be competitive Every game and I just don't see it. Like, I know they've got some talented players. I think Sinclair and Steele and Wilkie are really good players. I think Ryan Marshall can be a really good player. A lot, a lot of their players are kind of Bs and Cs. A lot of their players are, I'll, I'll play well one week, I don't play well the next. You know, Crouchers and Bradley Hills and Jack Billings and Greshams. These guys that are meant to be stars and meant to be really good players, but they just don't bring it every week. And I think in such an even competition, if you don't bring it every week, you're not going to win many games. And that's what it is. The AFL has has got a lot of parity. It's got a lot of evenness to it. So I just think a Saints team that doesn't have many stars in their outfit, and they lost King, and they don't really have much of a forward target. I mean, I took nothing out of that St Kilda-Essenen preseason game. I watched it. There was wind. Both teams were kind of bad. And I just thought, geez, here's going to be a couple of teams that are not going to be playing for the eight. So that's how I see them. And um, yeah, I've got Gold Coast next. Took's been a little injured. Again, it isn't great. They really need those young guys to jump. And history tells us that at Gold Coast, young players just don't jump to the next level. They haven't been able to... Push into that, you know, oh, they're a feared team. Oh, those guys are really going to be a nasty team to play. Oh, they're going to be an aggressive team to play. They've got the talent. We know they've got the young guys. We know they've got the Raels and the Andersons. We know they've got, you know, one of the Kings. We know they've got Lacocious down back. They have good players in their team. But can they be a feared, tough team to go and play? Jeez, I, don't, I didn't want to play Gold Coast this week can they take that step and also do it for 23 weeks I just don't I'm just not going to put my money on them again in a team in a season where I think teams are getting better I'm not going to put my money on them the doggies I think are in they they're the next team that I've got I think they're in a mini kind of rebuild it, it seems weird but they they've flushed out a couple of guys and they're bringing in some youth and they've got Darcy and they've got Google Hagen coming through and they've got you know, Norton's now the leader of that forward line, but, and that, you know, Norton, I like him. I really like him as a player. I think as a talent, he's amazing, but he doesn't kick goals. He kicks a lot of behinds, which I don't like. It's why I don't like Max King very much, because he doesn't kick many goals. Like, he misses a lot of shots in big time situations, and the AFL is about kicking goals in big time situations. So, as much as I think Norton is such a good player before he gets the ball in his hands and then the marking contest, if he doesn't kick goals, it really affects, you know or doesn't put teams to the sword with his goal kicking, it really affects how he looks. Now, obviously, we know the Bulldogs have a great midfield, and Bont and McRae and Libra and Smith are going to do their thing. Their back line is middle of the pack. I just think that maybe there may be a year or two from you know having Darcy as a dominant player and having Ugo Hagen as a dominant player, and that's why I just don't have them. You know they lose Dunkley. I don't have them finishing in the eight. I think they're just going to be just outside of it. I've got Adelaide next. I think Adelaide are going to be scary good. You look at their forward line and go, okay, well they've got Rochelle and he was a bit of a star last year. He popped on the scene. They've got Phil Thorpe who's ready to pop onto the scene. Fogarty's. Back end of last year and what he's shown in the preseason this year looks like he's going to be a matchup nightmare. Taylor Walker is as good as he's been and as consistent as he's been for the last few years, and they've added Isaac Rankin into that team. Like, oh my God. McAdams looked sensational in the preseason and the back end of last year. They're going to be a really hard team to match up against when they get the ball forward, and I think they move the ball really quickly. Like, from what I've watched at the end of last year, Early this year, they move the ball quickly. They've got good ball users in Sloan and Laird and Dawson. So that ball is going to be going into the forward line fast. Now, granted, their midfield probably isn't the best in the comp and their back line can get exposed pretty quickly. So I don't think they're going to be a top eight team. I think there are teams that are better than them. But they're going to be a scary team to play and a hard team to play against. So I've got... I've got and I like the way they play as well. It's kind of scrappy... But they've added class. They've added Dawson and they've added Rankin and they've added Rochelle. They're getting Sloan back. These are all classy guys who are going to really help them. You know, they've got some of the, you know, Bash and Crash guys, the Keys and the Berries and stuff like that. They're going to get those classy guys with the ball in hand and that forward line is going to be very dangerous in 2023. So I've got them just outside the eight as well. Coming in at ninth, this was, this was really hard. I had to look at all of the teams and go... Which team do I think maybe will regress 2022 to 2023? And that's a hard thing to look at because, you know, it, it, we don't really know. The practice games are people are trying things and teams are, you know, kind of flipping things around and not everyone plays their full list. The team that I've decided to go just misses the eight is is Collingwood um, just because they won so many close games last year and I know that they won a lot of games because they're well coached and they put themselves in position to win the games. You know, the the absolute symbol of Collingwood is the Anzac Day game where Moore runs out, they have the set play, the next guy runs out from 50 towards the wing, he, he marks it about 70 metres out, he kicks one kick and it gets to Elliott and he marks it, you know, on the boundary, kicks a great goal, they win the game. So I understand that it's coached and it, it, it is solid, but... You look at, okay, they won you know, 10, 11, 12 games really close. Other teams will come for them and they'll probably lose a few of those games going into 2023. And that's, I just I think it's so close this year that those few games might just cost them a spot in the eight. Um, I also think you watch the Hawthorne practice game and Finn McGuinness went straight to Nick Dacos and said, we're going to tag you out of the game and we're going to make sure that you don't you don't just roll around and, and, and kill teams like he did last year off halfback and through the midfield. I think that will kind of come into play and, you know, you probably get a little bit less out of Pendles and Sidey as they get a bit older. I know they're still amazing players and they still are at the top of their game. You probably get a little bit less and you're expecting degoey and Chris to take over more of the load Maybe there's a little bit of regression there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Collingwood finished you know, third or fourth, but I think maybe they just lose a couple of those closer games because teams are going to really look at Collingwood and how they played in those final minutes and what to do. That's all I can really say. I think the teams above them are going to get a lot better. That's, that's another thing. Richmond, I've got at eighth. They get two of the best midfielders in the comp added into their team. Martin will be back healthy. They're a very competitive team. We've seen what Richmond, what their body of work has been over the last five years. They are a very good team. They've got class everywhere, whether it's Bolton, whether it's Vlosten, whether it's grind It's all over the park that they've got really good quality players. They will be a top eight team. I've just got them at eighth. I think it's going to be very close, but we know how Richmond, when Richmond get into good games and when once they get pressed, you know. We know he's always injured But once they get Prestia going And Martin going And Bolton going And now you add in Taranto and Hopper It's just like Oh my god It becomes a, a Very dangerous team I've, Like I said earlier I've got Carlton at 7 Everyone just Pray to God Because if they don't Finish 7th Oh my If they don't finish in the 8th There is no point In Carlton fans Renewing their membership For 2024 Or maybe ever again Because You get The best captain of all time, coaching a team with the Brownlow medalist and a Coleman medalist and a Coleman medalist and two number one picks and a bunch of Australian guys and a bunch of guys who are the best players in there, you know, Doherty's the best halfback flanker in the league and Sads the best, you know, bouncing off halfback player in the league and they got all these forwards and they got all these guys on big contracts. If they can't finish in the top eight, why are you even going out there? One of the things that I've said to many people, which I get so much backlash for, is I say Cripps is a great player at playing footy and getting the ball and stuff like that. But it's about making the players around you good, and it's about winning games of football. And it's been shown over nine years where Cripps has been in the league, they haven't been able to win many games of football. So what is Cripps going to do? What is the leadership team going to do? What is Voss going to do to straighten this ship up and go, no, 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 we're not going to lose these games. We're going to hammer a few teams. We're going to win in classy fashion week after week because that's what good teams do. And not even good teams, just teams that make the eight do that. That's, that's a requirement for just making the eight. Is you smash a couple of teams, you, know, you win a few close games, you, you, you put your stamp on a few games. The best players in the comp, you know, they really step up when, when they need to and in big moments, and they shut down oppositions when they need to. That's what good teams do. Carlton haven't been able to do it. And, and everyone sits there and goes, oh, Cripps is the best player. I've always thought that the best player in the competition isn't always the guy who gets 35 touches. I watched Tom Mitchell win a Brownlow and he was getting 45 touches a game. It doesn't mean I think he's the best player in the competition. Just because he won the Brownlow doesn't mean he's the best player. Same with Cripps. Just because he won the Brownlow doesn't think... I I do not think he's the best player. When you watch guys like Joel Selwood go out there and kill themselves for their team and win hard balls that you couldn't expect and, and, and really take games away from other teams... And, and with leadership as well, they bring other guys into the game. They bring danger fields into the game. And they work the ball out to Guthrie's. And they sling the ball off to guys like Isaac Smith running past. And, you know, it looks good because Isaac Smith's the one that ran the ball 25 metres and, and kicked it 50 metres. But Selwood won the hard ball against someone like a Crips or against someone like a Luke Parker. And he bumps him out of the way. He's the one that gets the ball and he, you know, funnels it out. And he does the things that change games. So... I've never been a, just like when you look at the Hawthorne team from, from the mid-2010s, mid, mid uh, 2010s. Buddy was amazing and Cyril was amazing and Mitchell was amazing, but everyone loved the leadership of Hodge. He really made sure every player was accountable and he stood up when he needed to. This is Cripps' season to stand up when he is needed to and not just be the guy that got 30 touches a game. So that's all I'll say about that. Carlton can't afford to not finish in the 8 because there's just no point. And I'm telling you right now, if I was to, if Carlton get close to not, to not making the 8, Webjet, Jetstar, buy their stock because every Carlton fan should just go. Go somewhere else because it's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth the emotional strain. I've got Port finishing at 6th. Now, I think they're going to be really good. I think that they've got guys who are coming up who are going to explode onto the scene. Rosie and Butters and Horn Francis, are they're not just kind of A's or B's. I think they're really, really good players. They are like going to burst in and become A-plus players. And when you add just kind of like a, a Richmond did back when they won the, their, their three flags, it, it was because they had kind of had five or six a plus players In their team I think Port Adelaide Are kind of moving Into that sphere Where they've got Boke, Wines Horn Francis Rosie Butters Alir, Alir, Who are all Kind of moving I mean Horn Francis Will take a bit But they're going Into A plus And that's when you have Just so many Good players in your team It's hard for other teams To compete in games So that's where I think Freo as Where Port Adelaide Are going to be Moving towards And they'll fill out The rest of their team And and, and, you know, playing on Adelaide, Oval against a fierce Port Adelaide is gonna be a tough thing to do in 2023. Fremantle, different from Port Adelaide, I think you've got one of the best young rounded rosters. They play such hard and attacking defense. They play attacking defense. They really put pressure on teams and they make it really hard for you to move the ball. And then when they get it, they just boom, spring it into the forward line. They can get the ball out of the midfield. They've added Luke Jackson, which is just huge. They're going to be very hard to play against in the midfield with Sarong and Brayshaw and Brody, with Darcy and Jackson as your two two ruckmen. It's just that is a very formidable team. And I think they held up well down back. They had some really good players down back, whether it's Ryan or whether it's Cox. I think. They really are a good team. I love the young kid, O'Driscoll. They've got a couple of young kids that are coming through as well, early picks that nobody really knows about who are going to start playing some game time. So, you know, whether it's Erasmus. And so I think they're really going to take the team, take the lead by storm. And I think they'll they'll probably finish, you know, fourth or fifth. I've got them finishing fifth here, only because I think the teams above them are maybe just a little bit better at kind of closing out games, and they've got a few more stars. that. I've got Melbourne at, at, at four. God, they've looked good this preseason. And I think last year, they maybe just let it go a little bit, and they're going to just tighten that screw a bit. They get Grundy back. We know how good Melbourne are at the top of their game, and it's going to be really close in the top three or four teams. Melbourne are going to be really vying for that. We know how good Oliver is and Petrarca, and you know we watch them win a flag and dominate. So I think... There's not much to talk about with Melbourne other than, you know, they've got good ball users. It's just whether they can really be strong in those close games. We don't want them to have too many injuries if they're going to be a, a premiership team. At three, I've got Sydney. Again, it's just like, come on. Sydney could easily be the best team in the competition. They've got so many young stars bursting onto the scene. They've got so many guys that you go, wow, he can, he can flat out play. Kind of like, I think that Sydney kind of have... The amount of stars that Port have, but they've got the rounded list that Fremantle have joined into a team, which is just stars and just a a really, really strong core and depth. They've got guys on every line that could be all Australians. Whether it's you know Rampy's one of the most solid defenders, and Blakey's you know an all-Australian. Esque type guy He could break out And become an All-Australian They've got the McCartan brothers You move into the midfield And it's uh, Parker And it's Warner And it's Gould it's It's just solid Through there and, and row bottom And then you go forward And it's Oh well it's Buddy <laughs> and, it, and it's Logan McDonald And it's Paps And it's Heaney It's just They've got stars And a rounded roster Where they've got players You know Who really perform And people come in And now the team And play well So Sydney at three. Reigning Premier's I've got at a, a two. Geelong are such a so- solid outfit. They're gonna be hard to play at home. They're so mature. They don't make mistakes. They defend well. They've they've got the stars still. Hawkins and Cameron and and Danger. They've got young guys coming through as well that look unbelievable. Bose in his practice games looked ridiculously good. And Bruin and Henry, Guthrie's you know, I think one of the more underrated players, but now everyone knows that. He's, he's just a star. Smith's a gun. Their back line is sold as ever. Teams, for some reason, I don't know why they don't tag Tom Stewart. I'd be tagging Tom Stewart every week. I would never let Tom Stewart walk a centimeter on a football field by himself. And I'd say, you know what? I'm going to play as a defender on a defender. And when the ball comes to you, I'm going to punch the ball. He's never going to get an easy kick. I wouldn't even let him get an easy kick running around in the back line when when you're screwed out for one of those little 15-meter jobs that he loves. I wouldn't even give him that. Annoy him. Push him off his game. Make every other player in their in their back line do their job. And they do do their job. I mean, we've, we saw in the grand final, no one they won all their one-on-one matchups. That's how good they are. But I wouldn't be giving Tom Stewart too much land. I wouldn't be saying, oh yeah, we'll let him have 40. We'll beat him somewhere else. I wouldn't do that. I've got Brisbane at one, purely because I think they're the best downhill skiing team in the comp. And they've gone it out of Dunkley, Gunston, and Ashcroft, who could all potentially be a great place this year. Um, when Brisbane beat you, they flog you. Their forward line is very hard to match up on. And when they take advantage of teams, they smash them. So I think that their percentage is going to be really good. That's why I've got Brisbane and and Geelong above kind of Sydney and Melbourne is because I think they are going to percentage smash teams. And that's why they're going to be at the top of the ladder. Uh, We see what Brisbane did to, to a lot of teams over the last few years. We know their issue is not against... You know the Norths and the Saints and and the GWSs. the The problem for Brisbane is when they play the Geelongs and the Sydneys and the Melbournes. They're the teams that really get all over the top of Geelong uh, Brisbane. Uh, so for them, it's it's really about when you're playing against a team that's probably better than you in the midfield, or when you're playing against... And that's why they went after a Dunkley and that and you know then go after Ashcroft, but they get Ashcroft against Geelong in that in that prelim final. Geelong just got Geelong were just better in the midfield. Selwood and Dangerfield and Guthrie just got on top of them a little bit. Brisbane didn't run defensively, maybe as hard as they could have, and that'll be something they'll work on in in 2023. But like I said, they just smash teams. They just they'll put teams to the sword all year. They've got so much talent in their team. They've got some young and upcoming guys as well. They've got a lot of guys in their prime. So that's why I've got Brisbane at one. That's my ladder. I'd love for you guys to dissect it. Whatever you think, let me know. If you see me at the pub, tell me how bad my list is. I know I've left Collingwood out of the eight. I'd love to get shredded for that. I've got a few mates, JM, who, you know, is going to get stuck into me over that. But it's going to be a really, really competitive year. And you've got to have got better. You, you should have got better this year to last year. And. You know, you lose Grundy and you might not say, oh, we had Cameron last year, but having to rely on Cameron and Cox for the whole year, you lose Grundy, probably one of the reasons I've left Collingwood out of the eight. And yeah, so that's that's what it is. Carlton, good God, Carlton, just please finish in the eight for the health of your fans. The economy and the healthcare system is not going to be able to support uh, Carlton not finishing in the eight again, so... Fossey, just please do something. That's my episode. Hope you liked it, boys and girls. I'll see you next time.